Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Monday, the 8th of April. We're just rolling on in. It's just going by so fast. But you know what? Easter's really late this year. It's like the 21st of April. So it's going to be one of those months that's really kind of slower in the beginning and then shoots through at the end. But here we are. It's going to be like the warmest day of the week in Southern California. Warmest day we've had in a really long time. I think we're going to actually hit the 80s today. So we'll see how that looks. But today we have a show. The day I asked for questions, and they said, you know, ask Nadia, what do you have to ask that we haven't covered yet? Well, we've covered a lot, so now our questions are getting better and better, and and Maureen writes about energy. She wants to know more about energy, and she said, I would love more discussions on energy. You and others say they see energy, so I'm wondering if somehow you feel the essence of the emotion or vibe of the person, and maybe if it is in your brain that comes up with the pictures of what you see as energy. I have to tell you, I don't know how to completely describe what I see because it's like a complete picture. Someone will especially like someone I meet brand new because I've never seen them before. I haven't accommodated their energy and know so much. Like in maybe the first two or three minutes, I can pick up half a world of information and I'm not even trying to do it. It just happens. So it's not that I see pictures of them or or colors around them. I'm not like that color person. But like a great example would be that I was sitting in a mall, and this happened years ago. This is like one of the first times I realized that I could see this. A mom and her daughter were just walking in the mall, and we were at right on a corner, And we could see everybody walking, and we were waiting for our food and just kind of people watching, just nothing. It was like one of those days I would have forgotten completely had this not happened. And so as I see the woman walking, I see a snake wrapped on her body, and the tail was wrapped around her neck, and it was coming down, and it was pushing her forward as though she were, like, really tired, forcing herself to do the things she was doing, but she didn't like what she was doing. And she was just tired. Gosh, she's weird at that. But the way it was around her body, it was like holding her neck up with its tail and then lining her body so it would be straight so that she can continue to walk. So I knew that this human being, who I'll never know or see or tell, that she was just so tired that she needed assistance, like almost an extra spine to walk. 
was really interesting. Well, after that, I started seeing a lot of things around people. I would know, like, if they were quiet, let's say I met them and they were quiet, I would know if they were, like, happy inside or not or content just by how they moved, how they walked, how they talked, the words they chose. All of that would come into play. And bigger than that, my my own body, when something's really off, like off balance, huge balance, my I have this thing, I, it, it's in my elbows, and I don't know why it's there, but they I get that feeling like you feel when the car's going down a hill and your stomach gets that flighty feeling. That happened in my in the inside of my elbows. And it's very weird, but boy, when something's not right, that just goes off like a siren. And I will know that someone has, it's either really off, or one time I was in Las Vegas, and it was a long time ago because I haven't been to Vegas in years, but I was getting on an elevator, and there was a man on that elevator. And I knew that that man really hurt or killed somebody before. I knew just like there was no um, barrier to that information. When we do something like that, the energy of that, it doesn't leave us. We take on what that person left. They're negative and, and all the negative stays here because it can't travel. It doesn't have enough energy to travel home, so it stays behind. And I knew and I remember when we were on that elevator, he pushed himself into the corner, into the corner when we were there. And I felt safe because there was a lot of people on the elevator, but boy, talk about a knowing. There was another time that I didn't see it coming and I was doing the Oscar booth and I was giving out my book time, and there was this one, and I don't want to say his name because he's still alive, and oh, yeah, yeah, I just don't want to go through that. But he was at the booth next to us, and his wife, and they're talking, and yes, I give to this charity, and this is what I do, and I'm going to help you guys out, and, you know, give me your information, and all this information. So I'm excited. I can't wait till he gets to my booth. And he gets to my booth. My daughter's sitting on the side of me. Both he and his wife come and they start, you know, introducing themselves, even though I knew who he was. And then I introduced myself and I told them why I was there. And I had, at that time, origins of truth. So I was, I, original love had not come out yet and could not look at me. He was a Big guy. He played like, you know, big muscle roles, but huge guy. Like you could put three of me in into his body form and I would still fit. And he like jumped back and all I saw was don't let me see her, don't let me see her, don't let me see her. And I felt like get him get him out of here. Just make him go away. But I had to stand there. So he literally without saying, like, wrapping up or anything, just left. 
said, I don't want to hear this, and left. And so his wife left with him. And I thought, oh, wow, I did not see that coming. Wow. About five minutes later, his wife comes back. And she said, but I am interested. Can I have a copy of your book? And I'm thinking, geez, after that, after that, you need to take a picture of me with this book. And she did for the copy. And she left. So when you say you can see it, it's not like I, I can see in everything. It comes in different ways. Like that time it came, and most of the time it's in their behavior I see. I can put together very quickly where someone's at. Their eyes, their eyeballs give away everything. That's the beginning. But most of the time, I'm not right in front of someone's eyeballs. But the body now is number two. And that's what I can see from far away. Sometimes I will see you ask a question. Also, how to protect energy. I remember visualizing the purple bubble around us. There is a purple bubble. I call it the travel bubble. When, when we are at home, and we go to other places because there's a lot of learning. This is one place to learn, but there's a lot of learning. And we travel in like the purple bubble, you know, like we have an airplane or something like that. And it's, it's interesting because it's such a perfect round bubble. It almost reminds me of the hover car I saw us create in um, Japan. They have a hover car and it's a circle and it's clear and the doors open out on the sides and the couple they put like an old couple to show their point that this does not even have to be navigated. You just put in the address and this hover um, car will take you. So it hovers off the ground a few feet, but it will go up in the air. I don't know how far, but it will travel people in this bubble. So we're getting close. It's not like these ideas come out of nowhere. We're thinking this stuff. However, it is so cool. So it's not that we need protection. We don't need to be protected like we're scared and, and they're scared out and worrying us so heavy that we need to be protected to that level. A lot of times the things at home, as they do mean here, and, you know, we're always scared of dying, so anything that has to do with hurting us, we're all over it, trying to protect ourselves. But the greatest protection more than having protection, is understanding when to watch out for yourself or not, but not through a fearful lens. Like, you see a bad situation and you do something about it instead of hide from it. Now, there's some things, or let's say you're in a dangerous situation with somebody or something, that's the instinct that takes over. That's not the fear that we talk about where someone goes, well, what about if somebody's going to, and then they start giving me all these examples. That's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your everyday life where you're just living and you feel like you have to protect yourself from this energy and that person and this thing. And it's, it's your best protection is not to fear it because then it comes to you. Really think about that. 
but that purple bubble at times will come around us, like when we travel to, it, it, I can give you a great example of it. One day, I was going to pay somebody for some work they did at my pizza shop when I owned it in Laguna Beach. I literally was going to pay them. At the end of my work day, before I went to go pick up my kids, again, would have never thought about it ever again unless this happened. So I've been there a million times. So I'm driving, and I go to give them, you know, to pay them, and I found myself in a neighborhood I have never seen before. Same area, but it was in a residential street. How I got there, I cannot tell you. So when you have that, like, little... We are protected, not that we have to protect ourselves, but we ourselves are being protected from something that may not be ours. That's the only way I could explain that. I don't know any more than that. And Christ never told me more about it. But the weirdest thing ever. I remember the name of the street, Oakdale. And I'm like, how did I get here? I never even heard of Oakdale. And there I was. And that was before Google Maps. And I did not know how to get out of that little subdivision. Once I did and got home, I was late getting my kids. And you know what's weirder? I never saw that person again except for years later. I ran into him in a restaurant. It was weird. I don't know what was up. But I trusted that if that happened, I wasn't supposed to go. It was so weird. So now your question is, how to deal with people or emotions when people get on your nerves? I tend to be polite, and sometimes that gets me in a world of pressures I do not want. My bigger question is, if you're somewhere you don't want to be, and you start to get nervous, or they get on your nerves, Find a way to leave. You don't have to stay. That's the the crazier thing. And if it's a family member and you know that that's starting to happen to you, excuse yourself. One thing we forget is that we have the right to not be present. We have the right to say, I am busy. I need to do something else. I, I want to do something else right now. Let's revisit this topic or let's talk again later. But if you find that it happens all the time, there is a disconnect somebody who's very close. But find a way to excuse yourself because it never really comes out well when we stay places where we feel like that. Because when you're trying to be polite, and there's a bunch of pressures and you don't want anything to do with it, and you don't belong there, that's like a huge sign that this isn't your spot, whether it's that day or forever. That's your body's warning signal going off, going off, going off. We don't just get nervous out of nowhere and then calm out of nowhere. That I mean, you know, have your back. But if you're really feeling like that, you're not going to be a benefit to them, nor are they going to be to you. So just 
keep that one in mind. The next question, how to keep acquaintances, acquaintances when they want to be closer friends. When I'm listening to Relationship Wednesday, most of it I relate to friendships. It is very similar. It is very similar because our relationships, if they don't contain a friendship in there, your relationship is going to have a hard time because what else is there? 90% of the time, you're working together, organizing, you're scheduling, you're cleaning, you're taking care of family, you're figuring out when one's going to work and one's going to take care of the family. All this stuff without a friendship doesn't have legs. However, how to keep acquaintances acquaintances when they want to be closer friends? You have to make a decision in the beginning. Like you'll meet someone and some people we just hit it off. But some people, those people that we hit it off with right away, we tend to want to know everything about each other, and then it's hard to slow the friendship down because you just don't have the physical time. And and so sometimes you meet people and there is a connection and you exchange phone numbers and you want to see each other again and maybe one day in the future you do. But how to keep acquaintances acquaintances is to say, you know what? I'm I'm usually busy in my life. I don't have that much time, but God, I, I had a great night meeting you. You know, let's exchange numbers and maybe one day we can have lunch together. It would be great to see you again and keeping it there. That would be the only way I could think of to do that. Um, because like just an example for me, I meet a lot of great people day in and day out. Right now, even. Oh, my gosh, the filming thing. I've been filming and filming and filming. And I think there's more today. And yet, I can't know everybody in this process. I can know them forever, but not as deeply as I usually like to, even though it's something I would desire to do, believe it or not. However, I don't have physical time. I'm so busy that I I don't even have time for myself at the end of the day. Literally last night, we photographed at the beach and we photographed at the canyon and we, I taped a class and we photographed all around the house and I was cooking, you know, by the end of it, you know, these people really well and you love them and you enjoy them. You have a lot in common with them. There's a lot of people and there isn't physical time, but because we're working together, we've all made the time to put this together. But in that context, that's how we know each other. You meet someone at a party. You may see them next year at the same party. You know, people who tend to have annual parties like a Christmas party or, you know, an Easter party or something like that where every year it's like, oh, it's that time again. And they may be someone that you just catch up with once a year. But just being realistic, you don't want to be closer. Sometimes you meet an acquaintance and they become a friend for life. So you never know. But just follow your gut, just like when, you know, people get on your nerves. 
you know it's time to leave. If you meet people and you enjoy them, enjoy them for that time. Let them enjoy you, and you'll both know if you ever want to be closer. But if you're coming to me with, like, a blanket statement that you don't want acquaintances to become closer friends, don't, don't take the conversation there. Just, you know, get to know people, say hello, small talk, and leave. And that way, you don't need to. So that's, that one's always hard for me because I love people. And it's like in my heart, I want to take everybody home. And then I, I had to be realistic about that. But, um, but there were times where I was quieter in life and I didn't want to handle any more stimulation in my life. And I just didn't push. And I'd be really quiet at those events, actually, because once I start talking, it's over. I'm done. I'm, I'm in. So here we go to how to deal with friendships you have outgrown or maybe you find out the person or friend they were are not what you thought. You, did not res- you do not respect certain things about them now. That's something that goes on and on in life. How to deal with friendships you have outgrown. That happens a lot when one person emotionally growing and it takes you out of that fear that you and your friend or friends or group and sometimes families have lived in. So let's say you guys all band together that life stinks, but you guys are making the best of it. And, and, you know, I hate my job and I hate doing this and I hate doing that. And then one day you leave your job and you find a job you like. Now you can't complain about that anymore. So when you complain to your friends, they're like, oh, you just drank the Kool-Aid. Or you just did this. Or you just did that. And you're like, well, no, I actually really just like my job. And I'm, I'm actually happier in life right now. It's going to show up. It's just because it's new. And you start hearing that talk. Let's just say, I mean, it's the most obvious example. So then what happens to you? is you start feeling like, wait a second, that's like making me hate my job that I love. And I don't want to hate my job that I love. I don't want to feel bad about it. And so then you don't want to be around because you don't want to be put down or put down something that you've just devoted time and love and energy to. It's very interesting subtlety. And later you'll meet someone and you'll say, God, I, I met these new people at work and they're really cool and they're like stimulating my mind and I'm excited about what I'm learning. I mean, I'm learning so much. Oh, well, wow. Well, you know, you've changed. You never talked like that before. And now the friend is starting to feel a little alienated because they don't feel that way about where they're at. But they also didn't take the move or the jump, so they weren't aware that there was this part of them that can accept life and can accept things. And maybe in the beginning, the two of you got along because you didn't like where you were and they didn't like where they were, but you did something about it and they didn't. So now they feel left behind, so they're going to pull it back. And you feel like you're excited and you want to share it because you think they're going to care and you want them to care because... In a way, you want to pull them along with you because you love them and they're your friends. And instead, the surprise is 
they may want to pull you back because they're too scared to take that, that move. So how do you deal with that? Time deals with that. Time deals with that. There's people that you meet and you automatically bring them into your sphere or orbit. You bring them in. They're there. And then you find out that they've done some crazy stuff that in your heart you cannot reconcile. Also, time takes care of that. Because what happens is your energy is different with them. So the energy exchanges start to be less fulfilling for both people. And then you find that the energy is what separates you. The beginning of these questions about energy. Without an energy exchange, no relationship can continue because we thrive on that. If, if we don't get, um, I want to say, emotionally fed over and over again, we start to starve and, and it starves the relationship. So that is just over time. What you do is you just end up not planning so much stuff together because when you do and you leave, you're like, well, what did we just do? How did we just deal with each other? And it's not like someone has to go to the other one, well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because we don't have anything in common. That lack of what you have in common is a natural growth. Sometimes maybe you'll hear from other friends that they say, well, you know, they've changed and, and we didn't have anything in common anymore. We used to. We used to have a lot in common and we don't anymore. And sometimes our feelings get hurt when we hear that, but it's actually the truth. So at least we both know what to do. We both know that we, we need to grow on in the directions each one of us chose but we can't grow on in each other's directions because it's not our motivation. We're not motivated. If one of you wants to grow and the other one wants to stay behind, the one that wants to grow can try to pull the other one, but if the other one wants to pull you back, then you don't have anything to grow towards together. It's a very interesting thing, especially with respect. Like, you can't hide that stuff. And you don't need to, but you don't need to take take the other person down for who they are because they have that right to be who they are. And you yourself will just know that the energy will take care of this whole thing. Interesting. Very beautifully interesting, though. Because it doesn't mean they're bad and awful and we're better and all this stuff. That's when the trouble starts. But if you just understand that the energy will stop exchanging and that forces both of you to make a decision that there will be enough love and respect there to just let. So now I have another question. The truth can hurt people's feelings at times. And when is it good to tell the truth or remain quiet? You can't walk around pointing out everybody's truth or not, but you can do this. If you're ever asked, just tell the truth. Because sometimes the truth to some people, most people, because we were taught this, is hurtful. But once someone knows the truth, they may be mad at you and not talk to you if they ask you the question and may not like, but they will respect that you told them the truth. That's how powerful the truth is. 
But you don't have to walk around telling everybody what you think their truth is. That's when it's time to remain quiet. Unless they're on their way to really hurting themselves, like they're dating someone and you know that that person has a very bad past and they don't, I would tell them because I would say, hey, you know what, you might want to watch out because this and this and this. But for the most part, let people come to their own truth unless you are asked. If it's someone in your family, a daughter or a friend that you're really, really close to, or a mom or a dad, and you need to tell them something that's true, permission first. Like, you know what? I have this feeling. I'm not sure if it's true or not. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but if you want to know, I will tell you. Ask for permission. Or unless it's dangerous, let them come to their own learning. It's not in everybody else's hands. You guys, we're already done. Maureen, thank you for all your questions. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.